What's up, guys? It is Michael Hunter at ACBR1 on Twitter. This is the ACC Basketball Report. I thank you guys for joining me. I realize that this episode is coming out a couple days later than I originally anticipated. Um, We recorded this, I think, first thing Saturday morning around 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning. And at the time, I had, well, rewind a couple weeks. I, had, I, I suffer from back spasms. I'm an overweight dude. I've been having back trouble since I played soccer in high school 20 years ago. And <clears throat> once or twice a year, I get back spasms. Not a big deal. Usually just ride them out. Um, I went out of my parents' house on 4th of July, and they seem to go away. Now, I was sleeping in a different bed, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But when I came back from South Carolina, everything was all good. And a couple days after going back to work, a uh, little little twinge in my back again. And then all of a sudden it moved into my, my right hip and into my right thigh. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, my knees kind of aching a little bit. Uh, the big toe on my right foot went a little bit numb. And it just felt like somebody was just driving a corkscrew into my, in my lower back at points. It was incredibly uncomfortable. So over the weekend I just kind of tried to... Stay laid up, you know, uh, summer leave, heat and pad, hot bath, all that good stuff. Uh, try to do some stretching and stuff, and it just wouldn't come out of it. So I've been pretty well gimped up since Saturday morning when we did this. I was actually in a little bit of pain when we were doing the show. And finally this morning I said, screw it, and I went to a doctor. <clears throat> and uh, they have loaded me up on steroids. So now it's about quarter past five on a Monday evening. And I'm out of work for about three days. They told me to take it easy and stay off my feet and, you know, don't do anything too labor intensive. I can't even go out and mow the grass right now. So right now I am loaded up on prednisone, which I don't know, the guy gave me six or eight pills this morning. Then I washed them all down real quick and I've been kind of lounging in the recline ever since. Good news is I can feel my right foot now. So things are starting to break my way. And hopefully everything will turn out fine. If it's a herniated disc or something like that, I'm really not looking forward to going under the knife. So anyway, uh, today's guest is uh, Paul Van Wagener, who is the host of The Drive in Blacksburg. He's on ESPN Radio, ESPN Blacksburg, and uh, at Paul V. Wags on Twitter. We talked about all kinds of things. Uh, Very interesting uh, subject matter, I thought, in this conversation. Uh, Talking about Wabisabiti's offense talking about Landers Nolly's eligibility, talking about the lack of um, outcry, I guess, when Buzz Williams left uh, Blacksburg, which Paul gave a very interesting take on that particular situation that I was not expecting. Um, And lastly, we wrapped it up with last year's Chris Clark situation, which may come, uh, you know, the reason that he missed the season. He's now obviously a grad transfer with the Texas Tech Red Raiders, um, and he'll play for them this season as a grad transfer. But uh, I had heard some rumors last season. I was not sure if they were true, so I could not confirm nor deny. Paul did confirm what I heard in this podcast, so that is how we wrapped up the conversation. Overall, I I was really happy with the podcast. I think it's one of the better conversations I've had in quite some time, and I hope you guys enjoy it. So, I'll... uh, I'll leave you to it, and I hope you guys enjoy. This is ESPN Blackberg's Paul Van Wagener. Farrell turns the key, drives the lane with three on the shot clock. Doesn't get it. Five seconds to play. Down the floor. A Kogi. He beat the buzzer. 
Rogers. Nice little cross. Oh, my. What a cross over there. Oh, So I have uh, Paul, and now correct me if I'm wrong. Is this Van Wagoner? Is that how you pronounce your last that name? That is correct. Yep. Nice yep. first try. Exactly. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, you are the the host of the Drive on ESPN Blacksburg. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Been doing that for about uh, three and a half years now. Uh, moved to Blacksburg from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan nice. and uh, trying to escape snow. Yes. And uh, for, for the most part, it seems to have worked for me. My, uh, my, my actual, my professor in, uh, when I went to engineering school was actually from the Upper Peninsula as well. Mm. So, nice. And I actually, I moved down here from, uh, from Northern Maine myself about four years ago. So also, okay. also trying to escape the snow. I'm not, uh, I'm not one for these 103, 104 degree days, but sometimes I think it's better than shoveling snow for eight months in the wintertime. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> I, I, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. So today we're going to talk a little bit of uh, Virginia Tech hoops. Uh, I thought we'd come up with a pretty good list of topics. The first one that I wanted to talk to you about was obviously uh, the Virginia Tech program has been in a bit of transition uh, this this uh, spring and summer with uh, Buzz Williams taking off for Texas A&M. You know, typically when you see something like that, when you see a beloved coach who I would say has to rank probably top one or two in Virginia Tech history as far as basketball goes, um, when they leave town, you see a little bit of unrest. You know, you get some of that nonsense where people take to the streets and start for the cameras and things like that. When it came to Virginia Tech and Buzz Williams leaving town, we didn't see a whole lot of that. Um, what was Is that just a, kind of an ode to the Virginia Tech fan base, or what was the feeling around Blacksburg? You know, I think, so being totally frank with you, I think Buzz probably outlived his welcome. I mean, the wins were good, and he obviously did wonderful things for the for the program while he was there. But if you go back and, and objectively look at Buzz Williams' tenure at Virginia Tech, it was very much about Buzz Williams, right? Like, okay. I mean, if you go back and you look at the videos that were posted to Twitter, what were they? They were not Virginia Tech basketball or Hokie basketball. They were team coach Buzz, right? right. And, and so I think a lot of people, I mean, Blacksburg is a very small community. Virginia Tech is a very small community. And I think what you saw was people kind of just that stuff kind of wore on them. We, we, we knew going into the NCAA tournament that Texas A&M was very interested in Buzz. And, you know, I mean, he had been asked on several occasions and he refused to talk about it. And I think that, you know, at the end, nobody was surprised by it. There were no shocks. And it was just kind of one of those everybody can breathe now and, and just kind of relax and, and, and see how this transition goes. I think the other point to this that maybe gets lost is people trust Whit Babcock. And if you look yep. at Whit's tenure at Virginia Tech, right, like his hiring cachet, including Buzz Williams, has been nothing ne nothing less than phenomenal. I mean, from, from women's lacrosse to baseball to softball to, to the football team to the men's basketball to the women's basketball team to the wrestling squad – Every single hire has been a whole one, or at least a triple at this point. And, right. and, and I think that, you know, the fan base just looked at it and they went, you know what, we'll, we'll be okay. 
yep. we'll be fine when it comes to this. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a very good point. I think uh, Witt probably made <laughs> Marquette fans a little bit nervous when he started sniffing around the program again. But uh, yeah. ultimately, he went with with Mike Young from Wofford, who um, I I was a bit shakier on the hire, I think, than a lot of other people. I think when you, you know, going from a school like Wofford, where he had been for 17 years, I believe, um, mm-hmm. a lot of his success came when he kind of, I don't want to say hit the lottery because I don't believe in that. I think there's a certain aspect of coaching where you have to be able to evaluate talent and bring that talent in. But with mm-hmm. Fletcher McGee and Cam Jackson, <clears throat> I mean, he, he knocked it out of the park with those two recruits. And that, I think, is where a majority of his success came from in the last few years with those two players. Uh, what are your thoughts on Mike Young and, and kind of what he's been doing lately? It seems like he's he's kind of winning all the battles with bringing some of the key guys back and keeping some of his recruits and, and things of that nature. Well, you know, I think the, the first thing that Mike did really, really good was to retain Christian Webster on his staff. Yep. You know, I mean, Mike Mike said in his opening press conference that, you know, his base was South Carolina being down in Wofford, but he wanted to get to know all of the high school coaches in Virginia. Christian already has those relationships, so you retain Christian Webster, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait a minute, you know, kind of the Justin Fuente, Bud Foster thing, right? Justin mm-hmm. Fuente said in his first year, like, I get a lot of cachet by walking into a high school with Bud Foster next to me. Like, that's that's what Christian brings to Mike. Um, you know, and, and then you add in the fact that he added Chester Frazier and he added Antoine Jackson to his coaching staff. Both of these guys are rock stars yeah. and, and have coached at a very high level. So, you know, Mike is doing the right things. Is this year going to be a successful year for Virginia Tech? I don't know. I mean, it depends on what your definition of success is. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to run a clean program. He's going to pick up some victories. Nobody's going to be able to take Virginia Tech lightly when it comes to playing them. So, you know, and, and, and they might steal a game or two. Are they going to beat Duke or North Carolina? Eh, probably not. But you know what? Not many teams in the in the nation are going to beat Duke in North Carolina. So, you know, I mean, I, I like it. I think Mike is doing all the right things. I will tell you this. As a member of the sports media in Blacksburg, I love Mike Young. He is accessible, mm-hmm. answers questions, he is relatable. He likes. He's like a guy that you just go out, grab a beer with, and sit at the bar and talk basketball. And I love that about Mike Young. Yeah, I, I think when it comes to his character, there's absolutely zero questions. And like you said, when he started work, getting to work on his staff, he he himself is obviously very well known in the Spartanburg area. Now he's got a Virginia guy on his staff. He's got a Georgia guy on his staff, which Georgia's been a hotbed for the last hell 10 years probably at this point so yep. he's he's got a lot of inroads to a lot of the hotbed territory in the southeast i think he put together a very good staff um yeah one of i think probably uh, i would say the largest victory uh during the offseason was being able to keep uh six seven wing score landers nolly in the fold who i believe briefly explored the transfer portal um, mm-hmm. the biggest question I have about Nolly isn't his actual play. It's, it's whether or not I've been told that any questions regarding his ATC, uh, ACT score, which kept him out for last season when the NCAA decided that there was some kind of an anomaly or irregularity with his performance on that particular test, 
as long as he performed well at the college level, which I'm told he did, he posted exemplary grades, I believe he was a Dean's List student uh, during his first year at Virginia Tech, that there would be no questions regarding his eligibility in this upcoming season. Is, is that in fact the case? Yeah, so um, Virginia Tech actually issued a press release the other day uh, talking about all of the kids that made, I don't know if it was the honor roll or the dean's list right. or which one it was, but Landers was on that list, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, and and his high school coach even talked about the fact that he wasn't eligible last year, and, and he thought that it was ridiculous because Landers is a really, really smart kid, and I think, you know, we talk about this all the time that Landers, when he was in high school, probably wasn't challenged academically mm-hmm. like he should have been. So, you know, he just kind of skated through, right? Like, I'm going to do the bare minimum because it's, you know, it's easy for me and, and whatever, and I'll just kind of skate through. And then, of course, you take the ACT and you score a really good number. And the, AC, and, and the NCAA and their infinite stupidity, and in case you were wondering, I don't like the NCAA. The NCAA <laughs> looks at it and they go, oh, this is wrong. There's no way you could have possibly scored this well based on your grades. Well, that's not necessarily true in a lot of cases. And, right. and I think, you know, Landers kind of got jobbed by the NCAA last year because for whatever reason, they were on a witch hunt. And and it seems like he was just kind of the target. Virginia Tech, the, 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 the basketball team, Landers family, they all did everything in their power to try to get this kid eligible. And the NCAA was just having none of it. Fast forward 365 days, the kid's on the honor roll. Mm-hmm. So who was right? You know, right. I mean, once again, score a loss for the NCAA because they're just, they do some of the dumbest things on the planet. Landers is 100% eligible. He's going to contribute, and he's going to be a hell of a player for the Hokies this coming season. I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you, you put the, the 100% on that. That was... I, I, as you know, if you've paid attention to anything that I've put out over the, since I've started doing ACCBR, I am anti NCAA. I think right. it's a ridiculous organization. It's ridiculously corrupt. And when anybody ever talks about things like this, I always point to the fact that the NCAA clearinghouse got Marvin Bagley through the clearinghouse in like nine to eleven days. Okay, this is a kid that played in five different high schools. One wasn't accredited. He lived in Los Angeles and played AAU in Nashville. His his mm-hmm. father was granted uh, a Nike AAU team, and then he attended a Nike school. And they somehow sifted through all of that nonsense in nine days. And it they had to suspend this kid and take away his entire freshman season on a team that was incredibly special as far as a talent aspect goes. And who knows right. where they could have gone with this kid in the fold. I've yeah. also and I mean Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, you know, and, and, and to that point, look at the football program, right? Uh Brock Hoffman is still sitting in the transfer portal waiting for the NCAA to clear him because his mom has cancer and he moved to Virginia Tech to be closer to her. He's five miles outside of the radius. Literally, if he moved apartments to a different part of Blacksburg, he would be within the radius, and the NCAA still hasn't officially cleared him to play. Like, you know, and this kid moved to Blacksburg because his mom has cancer. Sure. Tate Martell left Ohio State because he couldn't crack the tops, uh, the, the, the top of the quarterback depth chart, mm-hmm. and they clear him right away. Immediately. You know, yeah. I mean, like, it's just, it's dumb the way the NCAA operates. 
and I, and I haven't been able to put my hands on it, but I believe and I've been told that there's a video out there of, of Landers Nolly actually receiving his AT, ACT score and there's mm-hmm. some kind of celebration going on because he actually, you know, he states how hard he worked and, and how important that test was to him on a personal level. And when he found out how well he did, he actually, he taped a celebration that ended up somewhere. I've been told that it exists. I haven't been able to find it. Someday maybe I will. <clears throat> yeah, I've, I've never seen it, but I it wouldn't surprise me. And, and, and again, the kid is smart, man. Like, just, you know, I mean... I, the NC have a conversation with it, right? Yeah, like yeah. you can tell just by talking to him that the kid is freaking smart, and, and for them to do that to him, it's a travesty. But good on Mike Young; he was able to keep him, and, and I do believe that Landers will be a huge contributor for the Hokies. Yeah, I mean, if there's a guy on this roster that Mike Young can give a role to, similar to Fletcher McGee, which is you know we're going to run plays specifically for you, go out and make shots. It is a six seven kid who can shoot it from everywhere on the perimeter as well as finish at the rim. So I, I, I really look forward to seeing that kid. He's a kid that I advocated for all season last year. Um, I think everybody really missed out by not seeing him on the floor. <clears throat> um, one guy that I am I was also high on um, that just uh, that was just drafted uh, a couple weeks ago was Nikhil Alexander Walker. I was pretty upset mm-hmm. uh, when the Celtics took uh, Romeo Langford a couple spots ahead of where. Uh, the Pelicans took NAW. What are your thoughts on on Nikhil as a pro, and, and what do you think his ceiling is? Well, uh, you know, you, you look at you look at the numbers that he's put up in summer league, mm. and and I don't know how those correlate, but you know, twenty six, twenty eight, something like that a night um, in summer league. You know, I mean, I think that I think that he can be a really good pro. He's got the length, he's got the shooting ability, and you look at that team that he's on, and, and, and I feel the same way. You know, like I was kind of I was kind of hoping that maybe possibly he would fall to the Pistons and the Pistons would take him, but mm-hmm. that didn't happen. But, you know, I mean, the, the kid can play. I think that he's going to be a very serviceable, a very good pro. I don't know if he's going to be an all-star, um, but, you know, there's definitely pieces around him in New Orleans, uh, you know, Zion Williamson being one of the big ones, but there are pieces around him that he should have some success there. And uh, I think if he just works like we know he's capable of working, that, that he'll have a great career in the NBA. What do you think, because uh, as soon as, and I mean, I think the answer is probably fairly obvious, but as soon as Justin Robinson went down last year with that injury, um, Alexander Walker's production and his efficiencies kind of dropped off. You know, is that mm-hmm. because he was trying to be on the ball too much, or, or what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, with, with, with the beautiful thing about Justin is Justin facilitates for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to play, if you're playing defense against the Hokies and you have Justin Robinson on the floor, you have to play defense on everyone because he's going to find the open guy. And, and that's just what he does. It, it's fun to watch and it's really good. Justin comes out of the game because of the injury and whether it's Wabisa Beattie running the point or Nikhil Alexander Walker, it changes the dynamic. And now, you know, you can relax a little bit on some of these guys mm-hmm. and, and you can, you can focus more on the Kerry Blackshears and the Nikhil Alexander Walkers of the Hokies and say, you know what, we're going to try to shut these two big players down. And, 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 you know, let's, let's make these other guys beat us. And, uh, you know, you saw when Justin came back, 
field numbers went back up. And I think that it is the case of now I don't have to worry about bringing the ball up. Now I don't have to worry about, you know, do I have to get it to somebody? I can just play my game. And, and system is a lot for these kids, mm-hmm. you know, especially when they play for almost two full years in the system. I, I think that, you know, Nikhil, I think that his role in New Orleans is going to be that two, maybe a small three, where he just has to play a role. And, and, and I think that he will, you know, I mean, he'll, he'll adapt. And, 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 yeah, I mean, Justin goes out and everybody's production drops off. So it's it's not just a Nikhil thing. I think no. it was an across-the-board thing. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And it was, it was actually, I think the, the thing that struck me was, Nikhil's efficiency, I guess, kind of dropped off a little bit, and then, but then Kerry Blackshear all of a sudden decided, "Hey, all right, you know, I, I got this while Justin's out," and he became, you know, the phenomenal player that I think everybody knew he could eventually be. Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of put his head down and, and took over and became a leader for that team, and you know, he's, he really made a name for himself in the second half of last season. Now he's, you know, he's essentially made Florida one of the best best teams in the country this upcoming season. So it was it was weird how yeah. that dynamic kind of changed things for Alexander Walker as well as changed things for Kerry Blackshear. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, this week uh, you guys found out, well, I mean, we all knew you were going to um, <laughs> You guys get a first-round matchup with Michigan State who is – I'm not sure if they're consensus, but they're probably the most popular pick for the number one team in the country right now. I've seen some of the stuff you've been posting on on Twitter as far as uh, the football field and the guy with his cleats and things like that. Um, what are your expectations for this game? How do you guys think you match up with the with the Spartans? Well, you know, I think unfortunately somebody has to be somebody has to be matched up with Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the record, just so everybody that listens to this knows, I am a Michigan guy. Right. Um, I have I have two teams that I dislike, and Michigan State is the number one team <laughs> that I dislike. So so uh, my opinions about Michigan State are, are very skewed. I will freely admit that, but I'm going to say this. They bring back everyone. Yeah. They, you know, today... For entertainment purposes only, if you call your bookie, put your money on Michigan State, right? Mm-hmm. Like, as long as they stay healthy, very few teams in the nation are going to be able to beat Michigan State. Um, you know, Virginia Tech has a squad that if they were on the other the bracket, there's a very good chance that they could be playing Michigan State in the championship of the Mali Invitational. I think because you draw them in the first game, your, your best hope, if you're a Hokie fan, is that they play in that third-place game. Mm-hmm. Um, Michigan State is just good, and unfortunately for the Hokies, they kind of got the crap end of that draw. And I don't think it was—I don't think it was intentional or malicious or anything like that. Just somebody had to play them, and unfortunately for the Hokies, it's—it's going to be them. Yeah, I mean, it's when it comes to the Hokies in this matchup. You know, obviously, like I said, Michigan State brings back everybody with the exception of Nick Ward, which that may be maybe some addition by subtraction. He was kind of a headache at times last year. I think Xavier Tillman Mm -hmm. is, you know, Xavier Tillman's going to be one of the focal points as far as interior play on this year's team. Um, The only thing that I worry about is the front. It seems like it's something I bring up every year is the front court play of Virginia Tech. Um, now Mike Young is infamous for running everything through his guards. He, you know, he's a very perimeter orientated coach. So, mm-hmm. you know, I know we have the, uh, the Alabama state kid, the, the grad transfer coming in, who's, who's probably going to slide into that five spot. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, a SWAT kid starting in the ACC is something that's going to, yeah. But, um, you know, as far as perimeter talent, uh, you know, Landers Nolly obviously can score the ball, but he's has no college experience. I think uh, P.J. Horn, over the past couple of years, has done a fantastic job playing a big man when, when Kerry Blackshear has been, you know, either injured or off the court with foul trouble. So I think that's a positive. This this Virginia Tech team is not without talent. And I think that, mm-hmm. they, you know, as far as early in the season, they could give Michigan State a game for sure. Yeah, you know, and I think what it boils down to is the shots fall, right? Like right. you're a perimeter team. You know, can can Wabisa Beatty find a shot for you? Is is Jalen Cohn the scorer that everybody believes he is? Um, the problem with Cohn is he's five nine, mm-hmm. and, and when I say he's five nine, legitimately, like I've talked to Tim Sullivan from Hokie Haven, and I've talked to Chris um, Chris Arvin from Twenty Four Seven, and they've both said, "Look, Paul, this kid is five nine. Like, it's <laughs> not, you know, yeah. just, nobody's exaggerating his height. He's, you know, a legitimate. He's a small kid." but he can score with the basketball. Right. You know, the, the Nolly's going to have to score, and we think that he can. Um, you know, you, you look at the rest of the squad, and, and there are some questions. You know, can Jonathan Cabongo take a step forward? Mm-hmm. Can Isaiah Wilkinson be the, be the scorer that, you know, a lot of people think he can be? Hunter Couture, I mean, this kid is a three-star. This kid was, uh, you know, Mike Young had him coming to Wofford. He switched to Virginia Tech. I mean, Mike knows his guard, so it's mm-hmm. a possibility. You know, the, I think the big question is John Ochiaco, the, the freshman coming in out of Florida. He's a 6'10 kid. He's about 210 pounds, but he's a freshman, you know, right. and, and he's going to have to baptism by fire. Here you go, young man. Get in there and, and, and make mistakes and, you know, and, and probably get your butt kicked by some guys that are juniors that are 7'2 and, and, and just kind of learn. But you know what? That's the same thing that happened to Kerry Blackshear three years ago, and, right. and look what he developed into. So patience, I think, is going to be the thing that the Hokies are going to have to have, or the Hokie fan base, I should say, are going to have to have. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point uh, with Wabisa Beatty, who, when I saw his prep film, I thought that I, I anticipated him to be a better offensive player than what he has shown so far. But one thing that he has absolutely lived up to is being a ball hawk on defense, and that's in that mm-hmm. matchup with Michigan State. Um, you know, Cassius Winston runs the show there. You know, Beatty, you know, can get down and, and kind of get up into him. He could he could give Winston some problems. I'm not sure if he's able to match the production on the other end, but if he can disrupt the flow of that offense by being an on the ball defender for Winston, that's going to go a long ways towards Virginia Tech at least keeping that game close. I think. Um, yeah. You know, I, I talked to, as actually at Mike's opening press conference, uh, a lot of the players were still, were sitting there and, and I kind of snuck back and I talked to Wabisa just, you know, kind of, we were just chatting, like nothing was on the record or mm-hmm. anything like that. But I did ask him, I said, you know, I said, a lot of people are concerned about your ability to score. And he goes, he goes, don't worry about it. I can score. He said, I took the role of playing the on-ball defender last season, and that was my focus. Mm-hmm. I'll score plenty. And, and, and he was very confident about that when, when I talked to him. You know, it wasn't a, it wasn't, there, there was no hesitation, you know, and, and, and I think that he believes in himself, and I think that that's a big part of it. You know, it if you believe yeah. in yourself, then you know what? Get out there and, and, and make some baskets. And I think Beattie will. 
Uh, you, you gotta you gotta love the confidence. I would rather hear that answer than oh, I'm gonna go out there and try my best, and we'll see what we see. You know, if if the mm-hmm. kid is definitive about his abilities, that means he's probably done it before. He's seen the evidence that he is a damn good offensive player. So you gotta like that confidence, which is great because they're gonna need that on the floor this year. They're gonna yeah. they're gonna they're gonna need some scoring punch from everybody. Um, I know yep. you you touched on Jalen a little bit. Who I just I just had on uh, one of my top fifteen freshmen coming into the ACC that came out this week. Um, five nine. You know he's quick as a hiccup. Um, I had uh, Jaron Anderson on a couple weeks ago, and he talked about how his outside shot needs a little bit of work. But from what I've seen, and it's difficult to evaluate talent on YouTube because they make a hundred percent of the shots. But I think he's got the mechanics to be a good outside shooter. I think he's got the mm-hmm. the ability and the quickness to get to the hole. I, I think he will be a scorer eventually. Um, a couple other freshmen coming in. Are you hearing anything out of at a, at a summer camp or out of workouts as far as whether or not they're going to be able to make an immediate positive impact? Uh, not a whole lot has come out. You know, um, Mike did a, a little bit of a press conference just a couple of weeks ago, kind of talking about where the team was at, and, and they hadn't really even had a chance to get on the court yet. Um, you know, I think that there's there's going to be a lot of a learning curve here. The nice thing about Virginia Tech, like if you go through the roster, you've got four you've got four freshmen coming in: uh, Ojiako, Allen, Cohn, and Couture. Um, you've got a couple of transfer guys coming in that are going to have to sit out. But you know, I mean, you look at Isaiah Wilkins is going to be a sophomore. Beattie's going to be a junior. Uh, Cabongo's going to be a sophomore. Uh, Horn is going to be a junior. Nolly is going to be a redshirt freshman. You know, so. This is a group of players that are very young, mm-hmm. and but they're going to be together for the next three years. So I, I, I think, you know, we're not hearing a lot right now, and I think that's by design. Um, but I do believe that this young group is going to be very good once they kind of gel and come together as a team. Sure. Um, one last thing I wanted to touch on because it has remained a mystery to me. I've heard some things um, over the past, whatever it was, nine, ten months, uh, the Chris Clark situation, who opted to, you know, Chris sat out last season, I believe he redshirted, and then he grad transferred mm-hmm. to Texas Tech this year. Will he be immediately? He'll be immediately eligible. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you know about that situation that you could clear up for us as to why he was actually suspended for the season? So, so what I can tell you is this: uh, nothing officially ever came out from Virginia Tech. Right. Um, I, I do have a few people that are are close to let me let me let me see how I want to phrase this. I, I, I have I know people that are very close to parties that were involved mm-hmm. and um let me just say that striking your girlfriend is a no no. Mm-hmm. And I think I'll leave it at that if that's okay. That's that that is basically a all I really needed to hear because that was what I had heard as far as a majority You know, one thing kind of led to another in that. So, yeah, that's that's all I – that's enough confirmation for me, I think. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's a, that's, a, that's too bad because I – when you think about this Hokies team with – that was – that team was the culmination of whatever it was, five or six years of buzz, putting that program together. And you think about how they – how good they were anyway – and what they could have been if they had Landers Nolly, how the good they could have been with Chris Clark, um, 
you know, Justin Robinson stays healthy. You know, that's a that's a mm-hmm. Final Four roster. You know, that's a potential Final yeah. Four team. And they almost pulled it off by, you know, playing Duke very close in the tournament. That's it's, it's, it's too bad for Hokies fans. Uh, you know, that's just awful. Yeah, it, it, it was, and, and I think, you know, everybody has to deal with injuries, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, when when you're not quite as deep as Virginia Tech, you know, or or I should say when you're like Virginia Tech and you're not quite as deep as the as the Dukes of the world, then, you know, those those injuries mean a heck of a lot more. And, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully that's one thing that Mike addresses. Hopefully we see a lot more depth at Virginia Tech in the future. Well, he's certainly, uh, you know, Sanders Nolly was his biggest success in the offseason. Keeping Jalen Cohn interested in Virginia Tech through the Buzz Williams transition, yeah, I don't think that could be overstated. I mean, that was a tremendous job that Mike did because I think we all thought Virginia Tech was the leader in the clubhouse when Buzz was there. And mm-hmm. Mike, Mike Young came in and, you know, met with the kid and, yeah, okay, I'm still coming. So that was. That was yeah. great because I mean that's that kid's the point guard of the future and we talk about his size but I mean you look down the road at, at Coral Gables Chris likes is only five six in his sneakers and he's one of the best offensive mm-hmm. players in the conference. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, without a doubt, and and obviously it was a loss, but uh, you know I guess uh, grow from it and and hopefully move on, right? Ten four, Paul. I thank you for taking the time this morning early on a Saturday to join me. Um, was there anything else you wanted to touch on before I let you go? No, that's it. Uh, if you know, if your listeners are looking for uh, a little bit of fun on a on a Monday through Friday uh, from four to six Eastern time, we, we do the drive. Uh, you can listen to us on ESPNBlacksburg.com. Uh, we also have an app, so if you uh, if you go into your app store or your Google Play store, just search for ESPN Blacksburg, and we're the first one that pops up. Uh, download the app. Uh, we do a lot of stupid stuff, but we have some fun doing it, so it's all good. you got to have fun doing it, man. Uh, also, you can exactly. find Paul at Paul V. Wags on Twitter. Um, uh, <laughs> definitely a funny guy to have on your timeline in regards to Virginia Tech hoops and football. Paul, I thank you for taking the time, man. I'll talk to you. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you real soon. All right, thanks. All right, that was Paul Van Wagener of ESPN Blackbirds, The Drive on ESPN Radio. Um, great guest, very knowledgeable guy. He, uh, you know, he's tight with the program, which is always obviously a good thing for for interviews such as this one in the off season. Uh, definitely will be a repeat guest. Uh, I talked to him after we did the interview, and, and he had a great time, and I had a great time, and I will try to get him on as often as possible. I thought he was, being a radio guy, you knew that he would, he just knows how to how to work through an interview. He knows how to talk, whereas I'm just kind of a, you know, I'm a construction superintendent that does a podcast on the weekends. <laughs> but uh, um, tune back in uh, probably later on this week. I'm going to have... Uh, bracketologist and resident bracketologist for ACCBR, Jonathan Warner, on the program. We're going to talk about the first ACCBR power rankings that came out earlier this month. Uh, We're going to talk about the top 25 players in the ACC. Jonathan was supposed to record with me um, in about half hour from now, but I had to postpone this morning just because this morning I was in pretty rough shape. So, we will get that when I know that I can sit in this chair for longer than the, the 15 minutes it took to, to patch all this together. Um, sitting in this chair for 45 minutes right now would be uh, 
not great and I don't know if the product would turn out the way I want it to. So uh, go to the website, accbasketballreport.com. Check out some of the stuff we've been putting out. I brought on a new guy. <clears throat> Ethan No One or Ethan Noon, I'm not actually sure how to pronounce his last name. He's a Duke fan for all you guys uh, that that bang on me for for hating Duke. I brought a Duke guy onto my staff. He has written for uh, Duke publications in the past, doing game previews for certain websites. His first piece will be on the Jalen John uh, Jalen shit Jalen Johnson commitment uh to the blue devils a couple weeks ago and he will give us his thoughts on that uh i know very little about Jalen other than that he's a he's a big forward that can handle the ball and do just about everything on the court five-star guy who is one of the best players in the 2020 class no big surprise that he winds up at duke it will be very interesting to see if current prep player brandon boston ends up at duke at the same time because those two guys on the court at the same time would be ridiculous. So, anyway. Um, <clears throat> anyway, hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, give me a follow at ACCBR1 on Twitter. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, accbasketballreport at gmail.com. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to the program, like, rate, review, share. Uh, leave me comments, questions, concerns on Apple Podcasts. Five-star reviews, and then if you leave five stars, you can say anything you want. I prefer, you know, constructive criticism, but otherwise, it's all good. I will catch you guys later this week when I host Jonathan Warner, and we talk about all kinds of stuff ACC. Thanks. Later.